What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is episode 149. You guys have really had Sean and I working hard these past couple weeks. We are trying to pump out some content just to get you some entertainment during quarantining. Um, we did NBA top fives today. Um, we let Will have the day off just because he doesn't really like the NBA. He was not in on this one. It was just Sean and I. Hope you guys are okay with that. Um, following this pod on Sunday, we will have yet another one with Mike French going up and down the NFL mock draft. Give that one a listen. If you're interested to hear who your teams should be looking at, follow us on Twitter at sorry sports on Instagram. Sorry, underscore sports. Check out the website. Sorry, Shoot us an email. If you have anything to say, sorry, sports at yahoo.com. Enjoy the pod. And again, I'm going to say it again. Please stay inside. century doing something mean to it do it better than anybody you ever seen do it screams from the haters got a nice ring to it i guess every superhero need his theme music no one man should have all that power the clock's ticking i just count the hours stop tripping i'm tripping off the power what's up guys we're back again. I uh, hope you're not tired of us because we're not tired of doing this. Um, it's NBA night tonight. Um, just Tom, you and I just back together again. But want to thank Will for coming on. Right? He did. A, he did a nice job. Yeah, he did. Um, thanks for coming on. Glad we got rid of him. I was getting tired of him. Um, it was that perfect balance. It was just <laughs> enough to leave us maybe wanting more. But if we had any more, we would have told him to go away. <laughs> Just kidding, Will. Thank you for coming on. Um, we kept him off today just because he he's not an NBA guy, and I'm not going to make him do something he's not comfortable doing. Um, no. If we Save were talking for- college basketball, I'm sure he'd be happy to do it, but when those guys graduate to the NBA, he's just not as into it. To each their own, you and I, I are. I was just going to say. So, yeah. let's get it on. Uh, let's get it today, on. Shawnee First thing boy. I want to do is just – I actually picked the song today, Tom. You gave me the liberty, and you snuck up on me. I wasn't expecting, so I yeah, kind of just pulled I out. I to keep you guessing. I like it. That's what a good CEO does, right? So I, I pulled this one out. It's Power by Kanye West. It's not a song that's too much of a mystery to pretty much everybody of our generation or you know anybody that's listened to hip-hop in the last 13 years. But here's the deal, man. I mean, this song... I think it's just a great song. It was the lead single from his fifth studio album, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. His best album, by the way. In I 2010. I was just going to say, that's his best album. I mean, he's just some creative, great the creative work that he put into that album. I mean, you just listen from it to, from top to bottom, and it's it's a goldmine. Other hits included uh, All the Lights and Devil in a New Dress. Um, it was reported that, well, he told a reporter that he spent over 5,000 hours writing this song. Um, it was ranked uh, number 40 on the top 100 songs of the year by Rolling Stone. That's it? The album was, yeah, that was it, man. Um, you know, obviously they're factoring in everything. I'm sure it was higher up with just hip-hop. But um, it was acclaimed as the best record of the year by Billboard, Slant Magazine, and Spin. And it came out in late November. So it just goes to show the gravitas that it had. Um, Kanye is a musical genius. I know you and I have touched upon it a couple times in our pop culture corners but i mean he's a legend uh kind of a goofy guy obviously and obviously super in the limelight but the guy's a musical genius can't question that yeah 
I think Kanye is one of the greatest artists of all time. Obviously, people probably know he is my favorite. Um, J. Cole and Drake are quick follows when it comes to, you know, the rap and hip-hop world. Um, I listen to a lot of music, as you can see, through what I've put up so far. I don't really have a genre. I'll listen to anything except for really crazy heavy metal or really deep country. But, I mean, this album, just all-time bangers. I mean, Runaway... That song alone, that's one of my favorite songs ever. Yeah, um, the title track song, too. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, I mean, I believe this is the one that um, he had with Nicki Minaj on it, where she did that kind of uh, monologue. Yep. And uh, Kanye actually didn't want to put that on the album, the story has it, because he thought it was going to take away from the shine. Clearly, he was convinced to do it. And um, good thing he was, because, you know, I honestly... I'm not the world's great biggest fan of Nicki Minaj, but I think that's her best work. Just that monologue, and it's not even close. <laughs> there you go. It, it's up there for sure. I think honestly, it helps. It helps like that extra drama of the song. I think it's really good, and you know, too is I just appreciate. You know, he goes back to his gospel roots a lot in this album. He's got some '50s kind of soul and some slide guitar riffs, kind of bluesy. Yep. influences there so it just goes to speak to his knowledge and appreciation for all genres of music in, yeah. in addition to his creativity people don't give Kanye is the best producer of all time and one of the greatest rappers of all time as well people don't give him enough credit just go back and listen to from his first album all the way to his to his most recent the samples that he's used for music really from the 50s on oh yeah no dude honestly it's He's a genius. There's no other way to say it, and he's had a lot of other banger sense, but I, I just love this song, and I think it's a great way to lead a podcast. So Yeah, man. You know, I, I, I gave you the task. I gave it to you late, and you didn't disappoint, so I appreciate that. I was I'm expecting, glad. I knew uh, you were a Kanye guy, so I knew that I was I, I, I appreciate that. There. I was expecting All you right, to put buddy. some kids' bop shit up. <laughs> we, I don't talk music much, but I do get I, – I, I take a lot of pride in what I listen to and, and what I, I care about, so – but whatever. Um, let's get into it, man. So we're going to give our NBA rankings. This obviously is going to be the shortest of all the other two of all our podcasts that we've done with our rankings. Um, Only five there's positions. There's going to be a lot of so. parody in here because, you know, depending on what sites you look at, certain players are listed as ones, twos, threes, fours, whatever. We're just going to kind of clump them the way we identify them. And we'll probably cross over a couple times here and there, but let's yeah. start in the backcourt and at point guard, give me your five through one to start us off. Yeah, man, this, this and the two guard were tough. Um, honorable mention for me again, I cheated is stacked. Um, but with that being said, I got Ben Simmons at five CP three at four Luca at three Dame time at two and Steph Curry at one. I like it. Yeah, I we, left we a lot of people off there. You did, and and again because they're loaded and it's different because I have Luca as a two guard for me, but um, you know obviously he's the primary ball handler, so I think you can kind of put him right up there. Um, for me, I've got Kemba at five. I've got Kyrie at four. I got Dame Lillard at three. I got Ben Simmons at two, and I have Steph at one. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, for me, I mean, talking about number five with Ben Simmons, the shooting woes have continued after he made that three in um, preseason or whatever. Um, but again, he can defend position one through five. 
Great playmaker, incredible on the fast break. He can finish with both hands around the rim. If he can get that jump shot going, he rises up on my list. But he's such a dynamic player. But this five spot was tough. I mean, I basically wrote Ben Simmons slash Kyrie slash De'Aaron Fox slash Kyle Lowry slash Russell Westbrook slash John Morant and Kemba. Dude, it's crazy. I left Westbrook off my list. I left Lowry got off, to off sli- my list. Me too. And the, Lowry, I think he's a good team player, but I don't think he deserves to be on this list. I know he just won a championship and played really well in the finals. And I left Westbrook off due to his slow start to the year. Yeah, and we know how great he is. I just looked at, like, beginning of the season he'd probably be in here but with the emergence of what John Morant's done I'm sure we'll both talk about him in our honorable mention because we got to give this guy some love yeah man it was hard to leave him I just threw like five out there and I got a shit ton more yeah it's wild but okay so Simmons I hear you you know 16.7 points per game this year with close to eight rebounds he doles out his over eight assists a game the guy's an absolute stud I think he's slightly compromised by the fact that he has Joel Embiid on his team. Yeah, but a good point just... guard's going to kind of make, kind of figure that out. I mean, if you're. No, competing, I agree. And the shooting is absolutely. To, you know, Magic Johnson, which that's obviously a tough comp. Magic Johnson's going to make a Kareem better, not, not be stifled by him. Well, to your point, I think that has more to do with the shooting, right? I mean, Magic could shoot. Simmons doesn't shoot. But the way that he plays point guard, I mean, nobody's stopping him defensively. And he's going to lock down on you defensively. I just think he's the he would be so much more better suited if he could play on a team where he could just literally run the floor and be the everything yeah. instead of having because because that team has a lot of ball dominant guys. I mean, Tobias Harris, Al Horford needs his touches. Obviously, Embiid has to get his touches. I think it would be a lot for Simmons. I'm just taking his talent, and that's why I put him at two. But I absolutely hear your points on the shooting. That still bothers me, as you know. This guy gets a jump shot. He's number one. He jumps Steph somehow. Yeah, I don't know if I could ever do that. Maybe in Steph's twilight. But, yeah, I I hear you. And it's absolutely a subjective argument. There's no doubt about it. I had Kemba Walker at five. Um, obviously former UConn boy, but not the point. He's finally on a good team this year in Boston, and he's taking over for Kyrie there. He's averaging over 21 points a game, doling out just under five assists a game, and he's shooting uh, over 42% from the from the field. So, Listen, he's I, a I solid mean, player. He, he is, is, but he just didn't round into that top five for me. Totally hear you on that. I look at him more from the intangibles that he brings, and I think that – how toxic that team was with Kyrie last year and how less toxic they are with him this year. He's not a better player than Kyrie, but I think he fits that team better and he's finally able to showcase his skills on a good team. And that's why he's cracking my top five. Yeah. I mean, you talk about how toxic Kyrie is yet. What he's number four for you. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> this is, a well, again, point. I mean, it's hard because, you know, you, you look at intangibles, but Kemba still hasn't won anything yet, and Kyrie's Kyrie got has. a ring. And he's and he was. I'll, I'll guess I'll get into my number four after you go. So you, you, I'll talk about Kyrie after you give your number four. For me, I got CP3. He's having an All Star year. Um, everybody pretty much wrote him off um, before this season. I, I mean, I think you and I were on this pod saying he has he wasn't going to win a game. Or, sorry, excuse me, play a game for the Oklahoma Yeah, he wasn't going to play Thunder. a game. 
Um, I mean, this guy is shooting over 50% from the field, shooting really well from three, great leader, and he's got them in playoff contention, not to mention. I got him just outside my top five. He's number six for me, and he could easily be there in the top five. They're the number five seed right now. Oh, dude, don't get me wrong. He's had an unbelievable season, and I didn't think he'd be this good. He has a great dynamic there with SGA. And a lot of good young players and some nice role players there in OKC. You're right. He's the driving force for why that team is where they are. I've, I have not been his biggest defender, but that's comparing him to the top point guards of all time. He deserves his due. He's the top point guard of our era. And um, he's the top point guard in the league still right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think he definitely deserves to be on this list. Did he make the list for you? Just outside it, had him at number six. I put Kemba ahead of him, but it was hard. Again, uh, Kemba hasn't won shit either, for this list. What's that? Kemba hasn't won shit either. Let's just keep that in mind. No, he hasn't, but I don't comp- I don't put Kemba on the list of like comparing him to the pantheon of all time point guards. I do I do that with I do that with Chris Paul. And I have seen him blow up some teams and you know, not play big time in crunch time. Again, I'm arguing six and five. You could definitely interchange them. Um, I like what Kemba's done for that Boston team because they were kind of in shambles last year, which leads me to Kyrie. I got Kyrie at number four. I'll be honest. I've had my qualms about him. He's my guy now, so I got to pull for him. But when this guy plays, he's absolutely electric. As a matter of fact, I think if you just do pure, if you just do pure talent and what he can do on the court, I don't know if he passes Steph, but he's just below him. I mean, dude, he only played 20 games this year. Averaging 27.5 points per game with just under seven assists a game. Shooting 48% from the field and 40% from three. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy just, he's hes must-watch TV every time he plays. And his character issue is absolutely a problem. Um, I feel better that KD's there. I don't know what this is going to mean going forward. But I got to support him. But just pure point guard play. And let's not forget, LeBron probably doesn't have a championship in Cleveland if it's not for Kyrie Irving. Everything else he's done post then, yeah, it's been questionable, but not on the court. On the court, he's an absolute stud. Yeah, absolutely. So moving into number three, for me, I have Luka. Now you said you had him a two-guard. You could have put him at small forward. Some people, if they're crazy, might even throw him into power forward because that's not as deep. But – I have him as a point guard here. He plays point guard offensively. Defensively, I don't really know who he guards. Who does he usually guard on defense? He's usually guarding the two or the three, depending on the matchup. But you're right. He can go against the one as well. I mean, me and you were right on this guy from the beginning of draft talks two years ago. He is probably a top ten player in basketball. One of the best point guards in the league. One of the best playmakers. He's a stud. Super duper clutch. I don't care what people say about clutch. I still believe in it. Um, not to mention he was top probably three in MVP before LeBron and Giannis started to kind of run away with it there. Yeah, and I'm not even upset about that. He's going to have a lot of MVPs second year. by the time his career is done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the only reason I don't have him on my list is because I put him at the two guard, but he's my number uh, two uh, shooting guard so that goes to show how highly I speak of them I know man I'm so proud of us like when we did that pre-2018 draft pod and we were just like this guy has to be number one and 
to find – I mean, he was great last year, but he what he's turned into this year for all the reasons you spoke about, he's a bona fide superstar. I mean, the league's going to be his for the next – 15 to 20 years probably. Still a tough trade between him and Atlanta. I know Trey Young, another guy, all-star starter this year, putting up huge numbers, but he didn't make either of our lists. Oh, he's not. He's not anywhere close to Luka. I have a fun player. But I think he's a good stats on a not-so-great team guy for his career. I was just going to say, man, he, he strikes me. Unless he somehow somehow finds him way, his way in, in a spot like, like Steph did, I mean, I'm, that Hawks team has potential maybe in a few years to turn things around. You got a John Collins there. You have some building blocks. You're going to have good draft picks. But he's going to just be that stat filler to me, I think, on a bad on a bad team. I agree. Yep. Um, for, my number, for my number three, I put Dame time. Damian Lillard. What else do you need to say about this guy? He's a top player. I know – I don't know what that Portland team should be. I, I – I, I'd like them to be a little bit better, but it's it, to me not a really fault of his. That backcourt with him and McCollum, I'm sure you'll agree, is kind of exhausted its time there. Yeah. I think they've got to break that up. Do you agree? Yeah, I think you need to get um, a longer, bigger presence on the inside, a small forward that can do a little bit more. Maybe using McCollum in a draft pick to go out and get that. I'd like to see a guy like that with a yoke, with not a Jokic, what's it, Nurkic out yep. there. As well as Dame, but for Dame yeah. alone, he's my number two. So I might as well. Perfect. Yeah, go just ahead. Just continue about what you're saying. I mean, this year alone, I think he's number four in the MVP behind Luca, Giannis, and LeBron would be my number one. Twenty-eight point nine, so twenty-nine points a game. Has a couple fifty fifty gamers this year. He's got he's four, shooting. dude. Yeah, I think he had a Ky- sixty. It's funny, Kyrie has. Three and he played twenty games. And I know we talked four. about that. That's that's just insane. <laughs> Guys shooting just around right about forty percent from three point. Uh, he's averaging about eight assists a game. His his uh, free throw percentage is right around ninety. Field goal percentage just below fifty. And this guy, I mean, if it wasn't for Steph, we'd be talking about this guy being able to pull up from anywhere because he really can as well. And he's an athlete, too. He plays defense. Great overall player, and he deserves to be number two. Just behind my number one guy and your number one guy, who's a three-time NBA champ. Yep, and I put Simmons, too, for the reasons I talked about before. Get him on the right team in the right situation. I still, if I had, if I was Philly and had to choose between him and Embiid, I'm taking Simmons. I don't know if his jump shot needs to be as important. He could be kind of a Giannis type, I think with just how physically imposing he is, especially with matchups. He's a matchup nightmare. And I just look at the overall skill set. He's a different kind of point guard. He's not a Lillard or Kyrie or Steph or anybody like that. But well, I think that's 10, also what makes him great. Yeah, What's absolutely. Up? I said he's yeah. 6'10". Of course he's not the same. Right, yeah. And he, his game's just totally wild. It's, it's a wild card for sure. But I have him at two just... For what he's been and what he projects to be, I'll put him there. But we have Steph at number one. This was easy. I don't care if he plays five games for the next ten years. This guy's the best point guard in um, in the NBA and maybe in the world when he's on the court. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what he does, making his teammates better, playing hard on defense, shooting almost 65% true shooting, which is basically everything combined. Um, I mean, he's shooting almost 100% from the free throw line you know, right around 50, almost 50% from three at some points. 
and his, his field goal percentage is up there as well. Just does ever does it all. Best point guard in the league. That's all you have to say. Oh yeah, and three time champion, like you said. And I don't think there's a more selfless player in the league. I mean, that was his team. Like that was that was his team. Those were his guys. That was his dynasty. And for him to say, "Yeah, KD, we we need you on board because you're you're going to make sure we never blow a three one lead again." And he was happy just riding. He's got that Dwayne Wade factor, you know, about him, which I think is just that's such an indelible mark on, on a great player. You know, he, he wants his team to be great, even if he has to be compromised lately. And all stats wise, he's not. And to all Warriors fans, he's not. Yep, absolutely. All right. So I'm going to go over some honorable mention. I already mentioned guys that I had that easily could have been number five. For me, it was John ja Morant, Kyle Lowry. I'm sorry. Yeah, Kyle Lowry, uh, Kyrie Irving, De'Aaron Fox, and Russell Westbrook. And then just to go a little deeper dive, Trey Young, Kemba Walker, John Wall, who's hurt all the time, Mike Conley. You know I love, and I'm still buying all the Lonzo Ball stock. The guy's got the guy's making almost six threes a game now, Shawnee boy. Hey, man, I've he's been very it. proud with the way he's played down there in New Orleans. They have a nice little core there. Yeah, and Jamal Murray as well. So Yep, Jamal Murray's mention. up there. They're all good ones. I, I have Chris Paul, like I said, just came off my list. I got John Morant. I got De'Aaron Fox. Um, I, I, I got, you know, I mentioned Westbrook before. I didn't want him on the list, but he deserves to be an honorable mention. I love Jamal Murray. Mike Conley's taken a step back this year. Hasn't been as good. Another guy to mention is Drew Holiday. I know he's also listed as a two, but I know he plays the one at times as well. And Lonzo definitely deserves his credit, man. Talk about a matchup nightmare especially if he's shooting the way he has been this year. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on. I mean, we basically – the NBA, when it comes to point guards, if you don't have a good point guard, you're not going to win in this league, and there is a ton of good point guards. And it's a damn shame that my Knicks and a few other teams don't have one because everybody wants to be a point guard now. Yeah, and it's funny. Like, if you were talking about buying stock, right, and how cyclical – I mean, I know the NFL things change dramatically. Baseball, not as much. But in basketball, it can change like crazy. I mean, you know, man, at this time last year, the Nets were in the playoffs and they had won that game one against Philly. And you're thinking D'Angelo Russell's going to be the point guard that team builds around. And now he gets shipped out of Golden State and he's just going to be in purgatory there on a bad Minnesota team. At least he's with his friend Cat. But yeah, he didn't boy, even nobody's, make... buying, nobody's buying D'Lo stock right now. No, nah, he didn't even make my list for one or two guard, to be honest. No, me neither, man. Me neither. Speaking of two guard, let's move on to there. For me, at number five, I have... Let me see who I have here. I have Donovan Mitchell. I'm sorry about that. Number four, I have Bradley Beal. Number three, I have Clay Thompson. Don't care that he's hurt. Number two, I have Paul George. And number one, I have James Harden. Yeah, again, we had a couple guys that we had at different spots. So I went I went Devin Booker five. I went or uh, I'm sorry, I went Victor Oladipo five. I went Donovan Mitchell four. I went Bradley Beal three. I went Luca two, and I went Harden one. Did you move Paul George to small forward or what? Yeah. Okay. All right. As long as he's on your list. Oh, he's on my list, but he's not as high up. I mean, that was the hard part. It's like I could I could force him into that two spot, but I don't even know if I like him over some of these other guys. I think he's a little overrated. Just just putting that out there. I mean, man, before he got hurt, 
Last year, he was a top two MVP candidate. This year, he's playing great as well. Listen, man, I'm with you. I I think he's great, but I think the injuries are scary, and and there's just certain things. He's come up short in some big-time spots. I'm not knocking the guy. He's a great player. He's on my list. But uh, when I was going over small forwards and, and shooting guards, I was like, ooh, I might rather have this guy. Ooh, I might rather have this. And that goes to, goes to show how loaded the league is. Yeah, all right. Let's jump into my number five. I'm just going to gloss over that because you're out of your mind. I'm going to jump into my number five <laughs> here. That's Donovan Mitchell. Young stud. Knicks could have had him. We've gone over that. Um, just an overall great player. Made his first all-star team this year. He's over 20 points a game. Obviously, he's recovered from the COVID, hopefully. Plays strong defense as well. Gets a lot of steals. Very athletic. He can really shoot it. Just a great young player. And he's been part of a winning team. Yep. Yeah, Yes. I mean, that's about that's as much of an endorsement as you can give a good young player like that. Who's your number five, my friend? I went Victor Oladipo. So, yeah, it was I just, tough. I kept him off my list just due to his recent injury woes. I got to see how good he is. I know he came back for a brief time before everything got shut down, but I'd really like to see him play again with that ACL. I know, man. It, it was hard. I just think of how good he was for that Indiana team. And this guy's going to – he's going to get a bag soon, I mean, with with his new deal coming up. I love this guy. I think he's explosive. I think he's an absolute gamer. Obviously, with that ACL, that's tough. That's a lot of time lost. But when I just look at totality of talent, uh, I got to put Oladipo in, in my top five. Again, because I have certain guys in the shooting guard position um, that could be other positions. But All right, so moving on to number four. For me, I have Bradley Beal. This guy can fill it up. And uh, some other guys we fault winning for, I don't fault him out there. That roster is a complete joke. And... I mean, just look at the last couple games he played when he was scoring 50s and 60s and whatever else, battling, trying to get wins, doing everything he can despite his team, and he's still putting up big numbers. And he's single-handedly keeping the Wizards out of, like, the worst team in the league. So I think he deserves number four spot for me. I'm with you, man. I have it have number three. Do you think he gets dealt this whenever, you know, transactions are able to happen again? Do you think this is finally the summer he gets traded? I mean – I can't imagine the Wizards are going to continue to try to buy into this backcourt. I mean, it'll be interesting because he did just sign that big deal, but I mean, what contracts? But it's not a long one. What contracts aren't tradable in the NBA, right? He's averaging right. over 30 points a game, still somehow with a bunch of teammates that can't score. He's still getting 6.1 assists per game, shooting well above 30. He's shooting 36% from three, obviously in the high 80s for free throw percentage. Field goal, he's almost at 50. This guy's having a great year on a bad team. Should have made the all-star team, but he got edged out. Yep, and, you know, like I said before, is that deal, it's not a long deal. It's a large deal, but not a long one. He's only got two years left after this year. So I think the Wizards, if they're intelligent, they're, they've got to finally sell high, right? I mean, get I whatever so. package you can. I mean, Wall, that contract for Wall is weighing you down a ton, which was one of the dumbest contracts given along with the Andre Drummond and the Blake Griffin one. They just happen to be, well, Drummond's on Cleveland now, but they were both Pistons. Um, yeah, I think he's a great player, and I think it's time for him to move on to a team that maybe better fits him and can win a little bit because I think he's ready to win. I do too. I, I, I saw a couple possible uh... – 
moves to get the Nets a third star, and he was up there, and I was already thinking, how the hell do we get this done? But anyway, yeah, he, he's a top-tier player in this league. I had Donovan Mitchell at uh, at four and Bradley Beal at three, which means I had Luka at two, and we talked about him. So give us your number two. Well, my number three, actually, is Clay Thompson. Oh, number three. Okay, so you put him at the two guard. Yeah, I put him at the two guard because – if D'Lo stayed, he probably would have moved up to three. He would have been on, obviously, my top small forwards list. He's one of the best players in the league. But D'Lo's gone. They got Wiggins out there now. We'll see how long that lasts. But Clay will last with them. He re-upped with a big deal. And I don't give a shit about this ACL. I don't think it's going to affect his game too much. Obviously, players recover from that. He doesn't need his explosiveness as much as a Victor Depot does. He can defend positions one through possibly four, depending who's on your team. He plays all NBA-type defense. The guy can shoot the lights out. He can put the ball on the deck. He can set up other players. And, again, he was part, he was an integral part of that Warriors mini-dynasty as well. Absolutely. And that's the tough part about it here is he really projects as a three, but he's played a shit ton of two. So that's why I didn't put him here. But, yeah, man, I agree. That ACL is not going to affect him nearly as much as other guys who need that, you know, explosivity. I, what was that game? I think he had, like, 48 points and took two dribbles or something a couple of years ago. Yeah, but this, I, mean, I mean, he can – Pure shooter. He can shoot it, but he can also put the ball on the deck a little bit if he needs to. He just doesn't oh, no, ever have sure. to. No, for sure. I mean, that, that I was just, you know, expanding upon your point was – He's not going to be as reliant on that. Yes, he still has that aspect yeah, of absolutely. his game. But that, I was just trying to speak to the prowess of the shooting. Two dribbles, 48 points in a game a couple of years back. I mean, just catch, shoot, fire, most pure stroke in the game aside from his teammate and Steph Curry there. So, Whose jump shot would you rather if, you were, if, you, if God came down from wherever he is and he was like, listen, Sean, I can either get rid of this whole corona thing or I can give you Steph and or Clay's jump shot. Who are you picking? Let's pretend you were really just a really cynical human being and you wanted a nice jump. I was just going to say, you're actually making me pick between being the worst person in the world and having a, an, an incredible jump shot. Um, I, I mean, just between the two, that's so hard. I'm going to go with Steph. I think he's the best natural shooter of the basketball of all time, but I would not be upset if someone said you had to have Clay's. How about you? Just talking jumper, I'm taking Clay's. I think he can get it off a little bit quicker. But he's also game, taller, and that helps. Pure game. I mean, I'm not even talking height. I'm staying the same height. Clay gets it off quicker. Pure game, I'm obviously taking Steph. The guy's got more moves than anybody else. He's got the floaters, the teardrops, all that shit. He can really handle the ball. Clay's got an advantage because he can shoot over people. He's got the size, he's got the strength. But just off the jumper, give me Clay. That's fair, man. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly not going to argue with you there. He was your number three, right? Yes, he was. Coming in at so number two. So who's your number two? Paul George, PG-13. Okay. Talk I mean, this about guy, him. This guy was up there in the, NBA, in the NBA MVP voting last year before he got hurt with the dual shoulders. Coming back off of that, he's a little bit lower at 21 points a game. But still, this guy's a six-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA. This is... Mostly post him breaking his leg in that disgusting manner with that USA basketball team. Also four-time All-NBA defense. So I think he's one of the one of the best two-way players out there. Just behind probably LeBron when he wants to. 
and his teammate, Kawhi Leonard. He's a fucking great player, man. He really is. And when I made the overrated comment before, I, I just when we talk about that second player being dealt to come to a team with the number one, right? Like, I don't know if he's better than like what Wade was when LeBron went there to Miami. I don't know if he's better than like an AD different positions, obviously, but he's a tremendous player and any team would love to have him. to me. Some of his, some of his big time moments were not able to be had because he was hurt and, is that his fault? I don't know, but I, I can't wait to see what if this year finishes up and then going forward for the next few years, what he's going to do with Kawhi in L.A. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited. We'll see how long they stay there. He's my number two. Who is your number two? I, I had Luca here. So. Okay. We already talked enough about Luca. We love that guy. Yep. Um, number one, I think we both agree on this one. It's James Harden. Absolutely. All no right, question. so – I'm on basketball reference right now. James Harden, obviously his one nickname is The Beard. Apparently his other nickname is El Chapo. Did you know that? <laughs> El Chapo. El Chapo, excuse me. Yes. I've uh, never heard anyone call him that. pretty savage nickname based off of one of the like worst drug cartel people Maybe in Maybe that's his time. strip club nickname because I've never heard it before. <laughs> <laughs> James Harden again leading the league in scoring, I believe, at 34, 35 points a game, basically. He's shooting almost 44% field goal percentage, 35% from three free throws up there as well, and he's still getting almost eight assists a game. He is. I mean, I'll tell you this. Me and you both don't enjoy watching him. We can both admit that. I I hate it. I hate it. But he's still a great player. There's no question. And I think that you have to be able to separate the two, right? I mean, basketball more than any sport, when you watch a player play, you can form an opinion on him so quickly and you kind of reserve yourself to that thought, right? And that opinion. But you also have to be objective as an intelligent fan. I hate watching him play. I hate watching Rockets games. They get way too many national TV games for my liking, even though I get it. But he's just a fucking bona fide scorer. There's nothing he can't do. And I give him credit. He plays all the time. Oh, he never gets hurt, man. He's he's a thick guy, but he's really shifty and quick. Always, and he's oh, not only does he play all the time, he's always. He's either shooting a three or going to the going to the foul line because he's always getting hammered in the paint. Oh, he he gets he gets completely mugged down there, and that's part of what makes him so great. Is he goes to the line twenty plus times a game. Yeah, and, and he shoots almost ninety percent. Yeah, he he has come up incredibly short in some of those games against the Warriors late in the postseason. I think you can blame some of it on Chris Paul, and this year I think you could blame some of it on on Westbrook. I don't know how great that marriage is. And to be honest with you, I don't know if there is a player that's really perfect to play with him. Like, he's so ball dominant. He's so ISO. You know who I think is the best? Can you think of the right kind of player that can play alongside him? Because I can't. Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis, because I don't think Anthony Davis needs the ball to make an impact. LeBron's got the ball all the time and I think Davis you can get him on those lobs you can set him up in a pick and roll or a pick and pop he can dominate you I think Anthony Davis or another guy is a Chris Ops Porzingis okay so you're yeah okay so you're kind of talking that stretch four could play the five shooter and yeah, they really never yeah. had that in Houston no 
I mean, what? Dwight Howard? Where can you stretch that guy? Two feet from the basket instead of one? Yeah, exactly. Same with Capella. Yep. That's what made me laugh when they were talking about maybe coming after DeAndre Jordan. I'm like, what the fuck difference is DeAndre Jordan from Clint Capella? Just more money and older. (laughs) There you go. I I didn't understand that. But, yeah, just James Harden's greatness. I mean, he's going to go down as one of the best scorers of the basketball we've ever seen. We'll see if his career ever ends up you know, culminating in a championship at some point. He may I be think a Barkley. He could be a Barkley. And I think obviously he's had the misfortune of dealing with that Warriors juggernaut for while he was really in his prime. Well, yeah, but um, I mean, Barkley had Jordan. Well, that's right. And he had, he had also, when he was with the Sixers, he had to get through the Pistons. those, those Celtics and Pistons teams. So it, it's hard. And sometimes you're just, you know, not fortunate based off the era you play in and the conference you play in. But yeah, that doesn't take away from anything. James Harden is the top two guard in the league. There's no question about it. Let's move over to the uh, honorable mentions here, buddy. Who do you want to throw in this category? So for me, the number one honorable mention is Jalen Brown. I think he definitely deserved to make the all-star team this year, was edged out by his teammate who was a little, who was a lot better, honestly, and Jason Tatum. Um, I think he's a winning player. He does it all. He can knock down a shot, explosive, offensively. He can literally guard any position. Um, Another guy, Devin Booker. Let's comp him a lot to Trey Young. Good team, or bad team, good stats guy. Hasn't won a fucking thing in the NBA. Um, McCollum, Drew Holiday, and Olin Depot I put on this list as well. Okay, that's a pretty solid list there, man. I I got Booker up there too. I got Buddy Heald and C.J. McCollum in here as well. Again, I think McCollum needs to find a way to find himself on another team. I just don't think that him with Lillard works, obviously. Devin Booker's interesting. I I definitely hear you, and based off his career, he does seem to be that you know high-usage guy, bad team, great stats. I got to see him in a spot that's hopefully better than those damn Suns teams before I really can make a point. He was having a better year this year, like at least early on. That those Suns team, that Suns team rather was winning some damn games early in the year. They they really started to fall off into the new year, but he's a he's an absolute top-tier scorer of the basketball. I like Buddy Heald a lot. Guy shoots threes um, at a very high rate. I like him and obviously, you know, I talked about McCollum. Yeah, Buddy Hild was nice. I think Drew Holiday makes the list over him for me. Um, just does a lot more, way better defensively. Um, but let's move on to the small forward position. We'll give the top five there. Let's do it, sir. All right, this one was just a gauntlet for me. I went Jimmy Butler at five. I went – this is so damn hard. <laughs> I, went, I went Clay at four. I went KD at three. I went Kawhi two and I went LeBron one. Please tell me any different order so we can talk about this. Yeah, I have, I have um, somewhat of a similar order. I have Jason Tatum at five, Jimmy Butler at four, KD at three, Kawhi at two, LeBron at one. And yep. the only reason why I think our bottom is is a little different there is because I had Clay at the two guard. That's exactly right, but I'm glad that the rest of us had. I'm glad the rest of your list had some uh, consistency with mine. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's lead it off. My number five, 
Jason Tatum, this guy's an absolute stud. He's already got some big playoff moments under his belt early. Went head-to-head with LeBron. I don't know if anybody remembers him Remembers him banging it on LeBron a couple years ago. Um, big-time player. He can do it all offensively and defensively. Finally, we were begging for it. He started getting back to the line, stopped shooting fadeaways, made an all-star team this year. I think the sky is the limit for this guy. Sure as hell is, man. I actually have him as a four, so that's why I didn't have him on the list, just to get that out there. Hey, you know what? This just goes to show how positionless basketball is. Well, you're right, and I think it goes also to show how versatile these these guys are. I mean, these are not your father's NBA guys that pigeonholed in a position and did things that that position defined. They're, They're, you know, sometimes the most dominant players on the floor, and often cases at the three, they are. Yeah. So I'm with you there. Um, so for me, I have Jimmy Butler. I, I love me some Jimmy Butler. I always have ever since his Marquette days tormenting UConn, and I'm sure St. John's as well for you. Yeah. Um, and what he's done in the pros is just remarkable. And I, I don't know if this matters. It probably doesn't. But I just love how much of a tough SOB this guy is. He's a dog. <laughs> he is. He, he, he's defensively a menace. He's picking fights all the time, and I think it's because he was a second-round pick. I mean, he was he was not a guy that was super heralded coming out of school, and he has a chip on his shoulder every single night. And I know he's been a little bit of an asshole, you know, forced his way out of Chicago and Minnesota, even, I guess, to a lesser extent, Philly. But he just demands a lot of his teammates because he knows how hard he works. And he's also a tremendous scorer. Is there really a guy who's much, who you'd rather have the ball in their hands late in a game aside from the obvious ones? Because I, I would put this guy right up there. No, not at all. He's yeah, an absolute so I, stud. He's a dog. He does it all. That's why I does. have him at number, at number four. I love it. All right, man, so why don't we move on to your number four since we just talked about mine? Uh, I want Clay here. Um, All the reasons you spoke about why you put him at the two, best pure shooter of the basketball, probably just aside from his his teammate there. So I won't have to talk too much about him. I believe you said you had KD as your three. I do too. Yep. This guy, I mean, top – it's hard to say top 10 NBA player when we got him at three at a position, but he really is. He could be the best player in the league. I think the injury is the only thing that's got it. I mean, if he was playing this year healthy, he'd probably be at number one or number two. Yep, couldn't agree more, and I certainly hope so. I got, I got hopefully a championship for my team. I got, I got. You know what? I give you, I give you a lot of shit. I got to give you credit here for being objective, and not, you know, putting KD at one just because he's on the Nets. I, I appreciate that. Well, first of all, going back to our conversation from last night, if anybody were the homers on that podcast, it was you and Will, but I digress. I say something Um, nice, and then you shove it right back (laughs) in my face. Okay. But, no, I mean, you have to. I mean, you hate to put the injury up there, but we're going off of right now, right? And I know people talk about the recovery timetable for an Achilles and what players are going to be when they come back. I don't give a shit about any of that. What I do know is that Kawhi Leonard, my number two, just carried a team to an NBA championship last year. And LeBron James right now is playing at the highest level he's played at in a few years, which is scary. And he's also, what, the second or third best player of all time? So that's the only reason I'm putting KD at three. It's just it's the right move here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, KD's, but I appreciate the sentiment. KD is three for both of us. Again, 
Great defender, great scorer. He can literally do it all. We'll have to see how he is when he gets back on the court. Let's talk about our number two, who's Kawhi Leonard, who's actually playing. I don't give a shit if this guy only plays half the season. When it's time to go, he's ready to go. And he, he dragged that team to a championship last year when nobody said he could on Toronto. And he basically just bet on himself and said, fuck it, I'm out of here, San Antonio, which he won a finals MVP for again, by the way. Yeah. Oh, he, he's established himself as one of the most clutch players in the league right now. And By the way, LeBron I picked league. Kawhi Leonard to win MVP last year. He didn't play enough games, but I feel vindicated by him winning that championship. You should because he was MVP. I understand the criteria, and it's fair, but you, the guy who did win MVP was, was Giannis, and Kawhi just had his way with Giannis in that Eastern Conference final. Yep. So... And then I, I am so happy you made that point, and I'll give you the credit now after we shat on each other last night. I'm so sick and tired of people like, oh, I can't put him on my list because, or I can't put him this high because of the load management. Fuck you for that. Like, you're just <laughs> looking for a reason to take him off, which leads me to tell you to make a real argument. When this guy plays, he's the best player on the floor almost every single night. He makes his teammates better. He's a silent assassin. And he gives you everything he's got. I mean, he played through an injury the entire postseason last year, and and won that and won the finals. Like, what more do you need to say about him? Absolutely, man. You really don't. And I appreciate you being nice to me. Maybe we should, if if we were in the same studio right now, I'd probably get up and kiss you. Probably. We had we had a lot of bickering last night, so it was only natural we were going to get back at it tonight. Yes. Uh, moving on to our number one. You said the second or third best player. He's the second greatest player of all time. LeBron James. Okay. He's done it longer than anybody, really. I mean, aside from at maybe Kareem. Level, at the highest level, His peak has been from what? 2008 to now? I probably yeah, probably that 06 07 season yeah, when they I went mean, to the Jesus. finals. He jumped into yeah. the league in 03 as a kid as at 17 18 years old. He's the second greatest player of all time. He's doing it again. He's my MVP this year. I don't know Mine if too. that really matters for anything. Um, but, again, he's playing at an all-time high level. He's changed his game as he's gotten older. He's more of a – although he's always been a great passer, he's really a floor general now, playing at his pace, playing really hard defense when need be. But he's still explosive. He's still LeBron. Almost 26 points per game this year with eight rebounds and almost 11 assists. Leading the league in assists this year. And he's playing all the time, every minute of every game. And Which he's he has an, done his entire career aside from the he, groin injury last year. And, and, and that I think, you know, we're starting to see. And that's why I understand the world of hot takes and why they're important. And you got to generate content somehow. I mean, shit, man, look at how what we're doing to fill the time, especially during this quarantine and pandemic. But – you got to see these things through, right? And when LeBron didn't have – he knew that team last year wasn't good enough to win at all, right? And I think we pretty much knew that, even though they had a really good record by the time they played on Christmas Day when he got hurt. And there was just really no need for him to rush back because he'd been in the finals, I think, what, 10 years in a – nine years in a row? Yeah, something like that. From his first year in Miami all the way through those Cleveland years. So that's eight years, eight years in a row in the finals. So you're not, you need a break at some point. And I think that it was a blessing in disguise. Nurse the groin injury. Now, I don't know what they'd be without him making the general manager Polinka there 
go get Anthony Davis, but who cares? All superstar players and top five players of all time have done that. And you finally are seeing him reap the benefits. I hope that it's a template to what the Nets could be next year with Kyrie and KD. Take this year off, get yourself reset, form your roster the way you want, and then it's go time. And he knows he doesn't have that much longer to go, so he's giving it even more of an absurd effort than I thought he could before. Absolutely, man. Let's move on because LeBron's the second best player of all time. Let's move on to the honorable mention section. For me, it might be a little different than yours just because we changed up positions, but I have Chris Middleton, DeMar DeRozan, Gordon Hayward, and Brandon Ingram. All really good spots. I got Paul George first. I got DeMar DeRozan. And um, and who do I have here? Those are the only two I gave, actually. I just, I just, went, I just went Paul George and DeMar DeRozan. That's fine. That's fine. All right, so let's move on to our power forward position. Why don't you give me your five here? All right, buddy. So I went John Collins at five. Ooh. I went Jason Tatum at four because I projected him as a four based off Bleacher Report's rankings. Put Pascal Siakam third. And then I went Anthony Davis second and Giannis number one. Okay. All right. So for me, for me, John Collins just missed it. I went Blake Griffin, just more body of work there, and I still think he sure. can do it a little bit. Pascal Siakam, number four. Draymond Green, number mm-hmm. three. Anthony Davis, number two. And Giannis, number one. I was interested to see if we were going to flip-flop Giannis and AD there. What made? I mean, we'll, we'll go up and down the list, but real fast, what made you put Giannis ahead of AD? I think Giannis does more for his team. Um, AD... I mean, you saw what he did in New Orleans. He snuck. He, he surprised that Portland team. I think he's got one playoff series win under his belt. I know Giannis got beat last year by um, by that Toronto team and Kawhi, but that team goes as he does. He's the leader. He's doing so much this year. And listen, Anthony Davis is great. He's been in top MVP conversations. He's never won it. Giannis has won an MVP. He's gotten better this year, and we're talking about him as a top two MVP guy again. That's why I think I have him at number one. He's just a better player than Anthony Davis. And you know what, man? That feeds the argument all the time. Is like, I guess when you're looking at these kind of superstars, right? Like, can you be the number one on a championship team? I think Giannis can. I don't think AD can. Yep. I I absolutely agree with you. Giannis has got the ball in his hands a lot more. Giannis is playmaking a lot more, shooting a lot more. And he just does it all for that Milwaukee team. He does, and I think he'll have a title at some point soon. So give me your number five. Talk about him and why you put him there. My number five is actually on the injured list, but after moving some guys from small forward and whatever, it was tough to find somebody to fit in at number five. I went Blake Griffin just because I think he's changed his game as he's declined with athleticism. He's more of a three-point shooter now. Um he can also handle the ball. He can still dunk on people when he needs to. And I just think the body of work is what made me put him over Collins in this one. That's very fair, man. I mean, last year, he 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 played 35 minutes a game. I mean, that's going to wear on you. He's had a lot of minutes on those knees from those Clippers days, too, going deep into the postseason. Yep. He's a great player still. I agree. And I love the way he's shooting the three ball. To your point, he's expanded his game. He just needs to stay on the court. I have trepidations that he will, but 
Yeah, he, he's in my honorable mention for sure. He was actually number six. He was just left off, and I think the injuries had something to do with it. So we just flip-flop Collins and Blake. That's all. Yeah, I put John Collins up there. I, I like – I like what this guy's done. I think he's been a really good player. The Hawks started to play a lot better when he came back from his suspension. I was just going to say, once he came back, man, I mean, where the season currently stands, he's over 21 points a game, over 10 rebounds a game, and he's a walking double-double. I think he is actually one of the big guys that makes his team better. I don't think his numbers are hollow. I don't know how you feel about that. I agree with you completely. He's going to jump Blake Griffin on this list probably by next year for me. Okay, that's very fair. So you're number four. Pascal Siakam, most improved player last year. He could win it again this year. All-star starter. Does it all for that Toronto team. Basically cloned whatever Kawhi did. He's doing it there this year. He's keeping them in playoff contention, I believe, as it stands now. They are the number two seed. This guy can do it all. He has, I mean, again, he won most improved player. I don't know. There's too many good adjectives to describe this guy. Coming out of, I believe, either New Mexico or New Mexico State. New Mexico State, yeah. Um, and this guy has just done everything to make his game better, and I definitely think he deserves to be on this list. He absolutely does, and for all the reasons you mentioned, I have him at number three. I, I wish you could have a more that like a more improved player, like win it one year and just get get it again. Because I never thought I keep saying it, I didn't think this guy would be this good, and he's averaging twenty three point five points per game with seven and a half rebounds and almost four assists a game this year. And he's just taken over that Kawhi role. Like you said, he's, he is the reason that team is as good as it is. I know Lowry's had a good year. You've got Van Fleet. You've got Ibaka. Gasol's played well. There's a lot of nice pieces there, but I mean, they're not where they are without what Siakam's done. He's gotten better every year. I, I give this guy so much credit. My number four was Jason Tatum. You talked about him earlier bodying up LeBron in the Eastern Conference Final a few years ago as a rookie. The guy's an absolute stud. You did most of the talking on him. I just put him at the four. Number three for me is Draymond Green. Nobody does more on a basketball court filling a stat sheet than Draymond Green. This guy can get you the most quiet triple-double, but also the most impactful triple-double, if that's a thing, where he's flying around on defense, talking, getting all the assists, bringing the ball up at some points, just pulling down a rebound, bringing it up, making the right pass. And he can also score a little bit in the post and shoot it when his shot is right. I think he definitely deserves to be on this list. Another part of that dynasty. Another part of that dynasty is right. And I think if, if he just was able to control himself a little bit in game five of that 2016 finals, they they win it that year because they were up 3-1. Um but, yeah, for what he's done for that team, he's the perfect glue guy. And it's – I know that that term is used and it's kind of like disparaging the work and the overall quality of player. I think glue guy is actually the right term to use for him because of how good of an overall player he is. His facilitating passing the ball, his dirty rebounding, he can hit some threes. He's kind of the engine that, that keeps that team going for better or worse. Yeah, absolutely. You didn't have him on your list? I have him in my honorable mentions. And again, I think, you know, based off of me, you know, I have Sabonis in my honorable mentions. I got Markin in. I have Blake. I put Collins up here because of what he's doing. It's not to disparage him. Again, I think I just, I don't know how great he is because he was really the only one of that core that was playing this year all the time. And they were 
god awful. And I yeah. and I know the Hawks suck too, and so do the Bulls. I don't know. It, it's it's not a knock on them. There's just some other really good players. But and again, putting Tatum as a four probably had something to do with that. Yeah, I agree with you, man. All right, so we've already talked about our number two and number one, Anthony Davis, as well as Giannis. So why don't we jump into the honorable mention? Let's do it. So, yeah, I have Blake here. I've got Sabonis from Indiana. I've got Markin and I've got Draymond Green. Okay, for me, I have Collins. I have K-Love. I have Sabonis. And I put LaMarcus Aldridge on there because he can still do it down in San Antonio. That's fair. That's fair. What do you think the future holds for Kevin Love? I think he finds his way onto – I mean, that's a huge contract, but I think he finds his way onto a good team. I mean, again, he's another guy I'd really love to see in Houston because he might be able to show off some of that post game and some of the rebounding that he hasn't been able to do over the past couple years because they've been clogged up with big guys in Cleveland. And he can also step out and shoot it. He's a guy – Houston should be jumping on him, really. Yeah, they've just had no money. Yeah, they can't. I think that – I think that's probably been the biggest hurdle. I could see him being on the Knicks, and I wouldn't even hate that. If the Knicks wanted to do what the Brooklyn Nets did a few years ago, where it's give me, you know, we'll be the garbage can for all your bad contracts, NBA, just give us a draft pick or a young asset to go with it. I mean, if they gave us a Sexton or a – well, who was the other guy they took? Jared Culver or something like that? No, they have Darius Garland. Culver Darius Garland. They gave him him and, and Kevin Love. I wouldn't mind seeing Kevin Love in the garden. No, and I think even if you don't get one of those guys, make them give you a pick down the road. You know, I mean, I think two guys who the Knicks should be looking at because I think we're, I think we're all going to assume that Gibson, Portis, and uh, whatever other guys you've got, Bullock, they're going to be gone. But I think you're going to hold on to Randall. But I think I could see two moves happening for your Knicks, Kevin Love being one of them. And I still think there's a chance with Chris Paul just because of the Leon Rose connection. And you're going to have some assets that might be enticing for them because even though he's been great for them this year, I don't know if Oklahoma City wants to hitch their wagon to him for the next few years. But you're right. Let them be the destination where big contracts go. And if they play well and say good things about him, Kevin Love's still a he's still a highly thought of guy in the league, right? Yeah, definitely. He can still make an all-star team even if he's putting up hollow numbers on a Knicks team. All right, let's move on to our centers. Give me your top five. All right, my man. So, boy, does this name sound bad during the circumstances. But I went Rudy Gobert five. Mm. Um, I went Steven Adams four. I went Cat, Carl Anthony Towns three. I went Nikola Jokic, two, and I went Joel Embiid, one. How about you? For me, I kept Adams off the list. I just think he's he's a fun player, but he's Clint Capella for me. Um, okay. I went Bam, five. Nice. In Miami. I went your guy, clearly, Rudy Gobert, four. I went Cat, three. I went Embiid, two. And I picked him to win my MVP this year, so I felt there'd be disrespect to not have him as my number one. I had the Joker number one. That's speaking good man. I think uh, I think he does more for his team than Embiid does. But let's jump into number five. For me, I had Bam. This guy's a Swiss Army knife. He can guard any position, get big blocks. He can actually stretch it out a little bit further um, than teams would believe. He's a supreme pick-and-roll guy and main all-star team this year for the Miami Heat. I think he definitely deserves to be on this list. 
Yeah, he's in my honorable mention. That was a good pick by you, vaulting him up into your top five. I think if he does another year of this, he'll be in my top five next year. I went Rudy Gobert, number five for me. Again, I mean, the Stifle Tower. Guy's probably the best defensive player in the league. And there's not a lot more you, you want. The way that that team's constructed, and it'll be interesting to see what they do if indeed that report of the relationship between him and Mitchell being unsalvageable is correct. It'll be interesting where they end up moving in and who 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 wants to take him on. But if you're getting 15 points and almost 14 total rebounds a game, I, he, that's just absurd to me. Not to mention the blocks. Yeah, he's and a little bit of a liability. Yeah, he's a little bit of a liability as the game goes on late because of his free throw shooting and whatnot. What center really isn't, but. I, I had to have him on my top five, but I like the, I like your Anabio pick. But you put him four, so obviously you think highly of him too. I do, and I think that that's a little more salvageable. He's already apologized for it over and over. He knows he was a dumbass about it. He's not a stupid guy. He made a stupid mistake. Um, he went on Instagram Live, and I think he's doing everything he can to repair that relationship with Donovan. And I think they end up just a okay. I hope so, man, because that Utah team's really good. I know I picked them to be a, a big-time contender in the West this year. So um, so you have him at number four. I got Stephen Adams at four. I, I understand your, your comp with Capella. You know, he leaves a little bit to – Leaves a little bit to be desired on the offensive side of the ball. I, I get it. Only 11 points a game this year. The 10 total rebounds. I do think he's more physical than Capella, though. I think he's more of a menacing presence, and I just like the way that he fits that team. I think he has gotten better because for a while there, he literally had no offensive game. Like, none. And he's actually turned himself into a nice low-post player who, who can, you know, back you down and, and kind of be a matchup, ma- matchup nightmare for some other you know, lesser physical uh, centers. So I put him up there, but I, I can understand why you didn't. Number three, Carl Anthony Towns. This guy's got all the talent in the world to be number two or number one. I don't even really think we have to talk about the numbers. Everybody knows them. Um, but when it comes time to win, he ain't there. Yeah, he's an, he's an anomaly, right? Like, what is – is it just his – his intangibles is he just not as aggressive like, i just don't think he's you... intense enough is that is that it yeah lack of intensity r.i.p to his mom by the way oh terrible died Absolutely of corona awful. yeah yeah definitely rest in peace to his mom yeah he's an interesting guy because i watch him play and i'm like i just can't stop him a lot but that team never wins so i don't know he's an interesting one all right, you have Embiid to talk about him more than just your conviction behind your MVP, Jokic. Listen, I think Embiid's one of the most talented, most dominant players in the league, but the guy can't stay on the court. That's why I have him at number two instead of number one. For Jokic being number one, I think he does a lot more for the Denver Nuggets than Joel Embiid does for the Philadelphia 76ers. Good post defender, can set anybody up, can play make, makes his teammates better, and, I mean, the guy can fill it up when you need it as well. I just think... Jokic just ekes out Embiid a little bit there, edges him out. That's fair, and it's subjective. And, again, you're arguing about, like, two guys who are top two centers in the league. One thing I love about Jokic, when he shoots, you notice the ball never hits the rim. Yep. 
Like it literally, like he almost every shot he takes, you know, is hitting nothing but nylon. It's awesome. And he's such a great passer too. Um, I have Embiid one. I just think he's the most physically imposing center in the league. When he's at his best, you just can't do anything to stop him. He can shoot the three. He's a real pain in the ass. He's a dick, but it's part of what makes him great. The injuries are tough to deal with, but all big men have them. Um, I just don't know what more else you want out of a guy. He's just the most dominant post player in today's league, I think. Yeah, he can definitely be dominant. Just about staying healthy. That's why I have the Joker just above him. Um, but let's jump into some honorable mention and wrap this thing up. So for me, I had Al Horford, Andre Drummond, and Clint Capella. And I guess you could throw Steven Adams in there as well. Okay. Um, I didn't go Horford because he's playing mostly the four now. But I, I put Drummond up there too. I went Nikola uh, Vucevic. I went Miles yep. Turner and Bam Adebayo. Yeah, man, you can't argue with that either. I, I should have put I should have put uh, Vooch in there. You could put the guy on Portland who I mentioned earlier, Nurkic. But yeah, he's Nurkic. Been hurt all yeah, year. we'll see what he is when he comes back from his injury. Turner is a great young player as well. I like that. I like his ability to shoot the three too, and he plays well with Sabonis. Yeah, absolutely. So that about wraps up our list. I mean, you know, for me, it just goes to show how deep the NBA is. But it's sad because, I mean, it's nobody's fault except for the dumbass teams that don't have them. But the talent's not really that well spread out. It's not that well spread out, but that's just how today's league is. I mean, you you know, you've got you've got team guys that want to be on great teams and they're going to put themselves together and form these teams. Not a single Nick on this list. No, not a single Nick on this list, but you know, it's what the landscape of the league is, but you've got a team like Miami. That's got a Jimmy Butler who we, you had him just outside your top five, right? I had him in my top five. You had him in your top five. And then you have Bam Adebayo who you put in your top five. I mean, that's, that's two top five guys, but they're not, you know, super, super stars. Nope. So it, it's interesting. In Philly, you know, both of Simmons and Embiid are draft picks. So uh, Donovan Mitchell and Gobert, you know, we'll, we'll see what that ends up being. But you're right. I mean, what conference right now would you, would you say, given the next five years of the landscape, obviously a lot can change. What conference do you, do you say this is going to be the conference that has the most championships? Western. Yeah. You got the Clips, you got the Lakers, you got the up-and-coming Mavericks. Um, and then in the East, I mean, Toronto can fall off in a heartbeat. Philly, who knows if Simmons and, and Embiid stay together. Boston, I mean, I just don't know what that team. I know they're a really good regular season team, but I haven't seen Kemba do it. Tatum's young, Brown's young. I mean, who else really out there? I don't think Miami has enough. Maybe Milwaukee, man, Milwaukee. Well, of course, Milwaukee. Didn't even I can't believe I forgot about them. But again, maybe Giannis leaves, or I don't know. Maybe Giannis is one of those guys where he take it takes a while to get over the hump. Yeah, Milwaukee, I think is probably the best team to challenge a West team, right? I mean, the next few years, you've got a lot of po- possibilities. I mean, that Clipper team, you love it on paper, but what does it become? You know, how great are KD and Kyrie together, and do they get a third star? Does Anabio take that next step with Butler? Did they get another top-tier player? It, it, it's so cyclical. What If the season comes back, which I hope to God it does, obviously so do you and everybody who follows, 
What are some of the storylines that you were really looking forward to seeing just to close out the regular season? The Lakers and the Clips, just to see if they could both do it and find themselves in a Western Conference Finals against each other. This Houston small ball thing, just how it would kind of end up. I mean, I know me and you shit on it, then we rescind it a little bit, then we shit on it. Um, Milwaukee's been strong and steady. And again, just to see if Toronto could keep it up. Yeah, what how deep you? could their run have been, right? Yep. Yeah, it, I think we we definitely need some kind of closure. And I, and I understand LeBron's point. I didn't think he was being insensitive. I think, you know, we all want closure on the season because, you know, baseball sucks, but it hasn't started yet. So we can't be like, oh, well, you know, this team was doing this. There was only, what, 13, 14 games of the regular season left when, when this whole thing hit? Yeah, not too many. So. Yeah, no, not too many at all. But we'll see what ends up happening, man. But uh, a lot of good rankings. Talk to me about – I know we've talked about it with Will. We've got a weekend coming up. Anything on your agenda you're trying to watch, trying to do? Painting uh, tomorrow. And then on Sunday – actually, let me get this out of the way first. We talked about Will's boy yesterday, Nolan Arenado. Yesterday was actually his birthday. I should have mentioned that. So happy birthday, Nolan Arenado. Not Will, Nolan Arenado. Um, (laughs) But and then there's the uh, Michael Jordan documentary coming out on Netflix, I believe. Yeah, no, on ESPN. I think it's going to Netflix though. I'm not sure. Is it? I didn't hear anything about that. I, I, ESPN's doing it over five weeks, so they're doing two episodes uh, uh, every Sunday. So it's going to be ten hours of content spread over five weeks. I didn't hear about the Netflix thing. You might be right, but I've heard only ESPN so far. Yeah, I mean, I. I'm I'm so it's sad. I'm so that's something that I may have watched, you know, uh, 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 altogether. I may have binged it, but now that's appointment TV for me. Same thing as the draft. I may have watched the draft on the side while playing video games or while watching another sporting event. Had it going on my phone or something. Now it's like I'm just so crazy for any type of sports that i'm gonna watch that like it's game seven of the finals oh dude absolutely well it's supposed to premiere during the finals so they pushed it up obviously far and i can't fucking wait for this thing i mean there was a five minute uh first clip of the first episode that leaked today and i saw it i was like yeah i'm all in i'm kind of i kind of nerd out on that shit anyway but i'm all in for it especially now given the how deprived we are of so I, I of got sports. it. I got it here for you. Okay, so you can obviously watch it on ESPN wherever you get your ESPN. Again, I've already bitched about it. I use uh, YouTube TV, which they can still go fuck themselves when the Yankees get back. I figured out a way to get Yes Network, and I'm not telling that you guys how. <laughs> Pieces of shit. Well done. I didn't see my bill go down. Um, but with that being said. Uh, new episodes of The Last Dance will premiere on Netflix internationally on Mondays after they air on ESPN at 12 okay. a.m. So, so you can get it on do? Netflix. Will you watch it in live time or will you wait till Monday and watch it on Netflix? Um, I'd like to watch it in live time, but Sunday, I think my significant other and I are going to be hanging out. And she's probably going to want to watch something else. So hard to believe that's an L for me, but maybe, you know what? She is a massive Yankees fan might even be bigger than me, to be honest with you. All Um, right. 
yeah, she really knows her stuff. So I may be able to convince her, like, oh, this will be sports, and we might be able to watch it. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing that. Now, another great thing that's happening Sunday. We've got our NFL mock draft special. Yeah. That we're gonna be that we're gonna be doing and putting out for you guys. Yes, he's back the second year in a row, Mike French. Why don't, don't you call him by his real title? Frenchie. I no. can't believe Why don't you call him my significant other? No, I don't need to do that because he's not. He's at his own significant others right now. Um but I'm looking forward as hell to this because he obsesses over this thing. I mean, he literally is uh, like the knowledge this guy has is absurd. It bothers me because I can't have anything to talk about because I don't know who these players are. Are you guys going to be doing it from in bed together? Is he going to be somewhere else? I already told you he's somewhere else. I don't understand why you have to keep asking he's, that question. He's somewhere you, else on Friday. That doesn't mean he's going to be somewhere else on Sunday, Sean. It actually, it actually does. That's why I said it. So, um, <laughs> you'll never not think that's funny, will you? No, the fans love it too. <laughs> the fans love it too. I've heard otherwise, but either way, looking forward as hell to that because we get to find out where he thinks your jets and my giants are going to go. So just like last year, full mock seven rounds for the jets and giants, a full first round mock his five best. He's going to consolidate it this year, he said. He's not going to do all the offensive line guys and all the defensive line guys. It's going to be, like, top defensive positions, whatever. Cool. So, um, looking forward to that, man. It's it's going to be good. I can't believe we're a week away. Yeah, me either, man. Um, I just want you to warn him that I'm probably going to come in hot on him for not doing the Monday morning quarterback thing after we agreed to it. But – Aside I told that, you he doesn't respect you, so... No, he'll fucking respect me if he wants to come on my podcast. <laughs> well, you can either be petty about it, or you could give the fans really good NFL mock draft content. That's up to you. Well, that's a debate I'm going to have. Knowing you, I, think I actually know which direction you'd go. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Spite. Yes, yes, I've rubbed off on you there. Yep, yes. No well, that All about right, wraps it up. Um, I think we're going to have to talk about this documentary after... After it happens, buddy, there's really nothing else going on. Oh, yeah. No, next week we'll we'll think of something to do, you know, the, the mock draft pod on Sunday. So we'll maybe do a Monday or Tuesday one talking about the first two episodes of this docuseries. I can't wait for it, man. It's going to be intense. It's going to be great. Uh, with nothing else, it's we, something we can nerd out on. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right. Well, that about wraps up this podcast. A little bit shorter than the last two, but I thought it was a good one. Um Everybody obey the social distancing. I don't know what you're still doing outside. Don't be a don't be a welcome. Don't be a welcome. Follow the arrows. Follow the fucking arrows in the grocery store. There you go. Take care, pal. All right, man. Have a good one.